Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today, we are finishing up Kindred. Well, I think we're going to finish up Kindred. It might end up being multiple episodes, depending on how long we talk. So maybe, maybe. (laughs) A firm maybe. But I am joined once again with Candice. Hi. I'm excited. Me too. God, there's a lot. There's a lot, and it's very heavy. But that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. We're going to get through it together. I know. I'm excited. I have many things I want to talk about, but (laughs) we're going to just jump right in because I feel like that's the best way to do this. Dear reader, Rachel Rachel texted me and was like, oh, this fucking book, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is up with this book? Mm -hmm. The ending and with like seven exclamation marks. And I just had to write back, LOL. (laughs) Yep. I read it like right after like i literally had other recordings i needed to read for and i was like hmm. like i had two on the day we were supposed to record i had two scheduled recordings i had this and i was recording peter pan the morning of mm-hmm. usually my rule of thumb is that i read the first reading that i have due first mm-hmm. yep after we got done with our recording i was like i simply cannot wait <laughs> i must read this now yeah so therefore i read it because i had to and i, I was that. like i'll just read a little bit like i'm going to bed i'll just read a little bit and then you, you always say that and then you're like 7 a.m and the sun's coming up in the sky and you're like oh my god oh no you know <laughs> my life <laughs> yeah so if the book didn't end it would have been one of those nights for me but luckily yeah. the book well not luckily because i was traumatized but the book <laughs> did end and i had to the worst part is then i was supposed to go to bed and i just sat there well yeah yeah because you need a minute yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta let it breathe yeah i opened tiktok up and i was like okay i guess i'll just relax for a couple minutes are there some fun things that i could look at <laughs> i know i was like i like Baby i literally videos, maybe before i started around. the epilogue too i was like mm. i'm like yeah. looking at my cat my cat's have, just like i have a lot of feelings about it oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah but we'll go ahead and get started because there's nothing worse than saying we're having feelings and not talking about those feelings. That's so, true. That's true. this chapter is titled The Rope. Terrifying. Ominous. Ominous. To say the least. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, I saw that chapter title and I was like, oh, they they know one chapter's left and they're going to let us have it. Yeah. Yep. So, Dana makes it home and Kevin's patching her up. Um, You know... Wait. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I got so confused because I forgot where this chapter like left off. Oh yeah. She cuts, her, she cuts her wrist. Yes. Yes. So basically patching. I thought we were at the end and I was like, I need to double check myself before I say what I was about <laughs> to say. So yeah. At this point she had patched herself. Uh, she had like cut herself to get back. She was passed out when she arrived, which is like lucky she arrived at all. Yeah. You know, and so Kevin, because he, I guess, cares about his wife, but also is an absolute moron, brings her to a doctor. (laughs) And like the doctor was like, she needs to see a psychiatrist. So like, I think like, so he tries to justify it by going, oh, it's like Louis, that guy that we know, like he's Mm -hmm. my friend. But at the same time, she's now getting like a third, he's getting a third party involved. Mm -hmm. And like, 
it's funny because I feel like he doesn't really think, despite having been through this life-changing experience, right? Mm -hmm. Despite having been left in the past for five years, right? This man comes back and displays an incredible amount of know-nothingness that is just mind-boggling, right? I know. So, like, knowing that there's no explanation for this, knowing Mm -hmm. that she doesn't want to tell anybody, knowing she doesn't want to leave the house, knowing she doesn't want to be around people, he, he allows this person to come into their home Mm-hmm. and then assess her look at her wrists and now they're friends like they're like every time that she sees him in the future he's gonna mm-hmm. think that she tried to kill herself like every time like he's like there there needs to be a reason for this man you know what i'm saying and i'm sure they're like we don't owe him anything obviously yeah. but like friends talk like mm-hmm. that's a pretty big red flag that this person now thinks she has on her yeah you know i'm saying like and that that really sucks because she's a very like it's pretty clear that dana's a very private person well, it's um, like the thing too is like it doesn't seem like he tried to patch yeah. her up either yeah like they the doctor literally said it was like a shallow wound like it's more so probably scared her than anything else yeah like she didn't, didn't even hit, try yeah he didn't even look because it's like realistically that means that if it was shallow on your wrist like you could probably just hold something to it and see that the bleeding's stopping and then you could just bandage her up yeah um and like i'm sure that part of that is like the nervous husband right like the scared (laughs) partner whatever but again like he could have found other ways yeah to do that without like betraying her trust and like i really hate that like she wakes up right she's obviously been through an ordeal when someone has tried to kill themselves and you know that they're in the past and they're a black person and they're going back to slavery times and then mm-hmm. they come to present times and their wrists are cut. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, what were you trying yeah. to do? Literally. How did you try to kill yourself? I'd be like, this seems like a completely rational uh, reaction. Yeah. To I'd be like, okay. terror that you have experienced in your mm-hmm. past what happened this time like i yeah. want to know what happened to you last time why was this your reaction why was this mm-hmm. your response what got so dire that this was your last ditch effort instead this motherfucker looks at her excuse me for my very salty language no he deserves it but this man looks her dead in her face and is like why the hell did you cut your wrists so like demanding to know mm-hmm. Why she cut her wrists. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. use your brain. You were there. Like, there yeah. are any number of reasons. He's acting like he didn't experience it. Like, this is what I'm saying. He learned absolutely nothing. He was there for five years. Like, I know last time you we were talking about, like, you know, oh, Kevin, like, he when he was back in time, you know, he, he was an abolitionist. He helped free slaves. Like, he saw some real terrible things. Like, mm-hmm. when they first got home, he was real shook. He, like, couldn't, like, unravel himself, right? So he's had all this time. Mm-hmm. three weeks i think she had been gone we find out right that she had been yeah. away for for no she had been away for three hours mm-hmm. um so he had had like at least a little bit of time mm-hmm. to like shave to take a shower to ease back in he couldn't drive but they were home for like three weeks right so at this yeah. point yeah like he so after this he's home for three weeks and even mm-hmm. then i feel like he doesn't learn anything like he never really truly sits with it and tries to genuinely understand what happened mm-hmm. to his wife. Like, he's still not processing it. And in my mind, I'm just like, you know, like, I see a lot of parallel mm-hmm. between the increase in Rufus's um, 
kind of hubris, the the the, the testing of boundaries mm-hmm. and, and the meanness that he exhibits, like how it kind of starts to go up on this on this on this kind of slope, like this like heavy incline upward. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Kevin, like he's almost on the same chart, but for blindness. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he should be seeing more and more and more and learning more yeah. and more and more. But like he doesn't change at all, despite what's happening in his life and around him. And I feel like that's very much a parallel parallel for Rufus because like Rufus doesn't learn anything really so far. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's why she has to leave the way she leaves because like he's he's resistant to change and to trying to understand, you know, how to be a better person. And like, mm-hmm. it's very shocking to see that parallel there between him and Rufus. It's gross. It is gross. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, and the thing that also bothers me is we still don't know what happened between Kevin and Rufus. Nope. And we never get to. Nope. <laughs> and then, so Dana talks about how she was talking with Carrie. He calls Carrie the R word. He sure does. For what? He like, sure does. Because she's mute and he assumes mm-hmm. that because she cannot speak, she mm-hmm. must have less mental value. That it's a mental issue rather mm-hmm. than her just being a mute. But this is what I'm saying. Like he's just like fine making assumptions and stereotypes about people. Like he's fine with that. And like the other thing that I think is really interesting too is that there's it almost punctuates the difference in their experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got her referring to Carrie on a first name basis. You know what I'm saying? Like she's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, well when Carrie did this, she's talking to him in conversation, right? Yeah. He was there for five years. She, by the end of this, was there for maybe a year, cumulatively. Yeah. He spent five times longer than her in mm-hmm. this world and has no idea who Carrie is. Because why would he? She was just a slave girl in the house that didn't talk. Yeah. Why would he know who she is? Why would he have familiarized himself? He thinks he's yeah. so above it all, but he didn't even see them as people. And that's like, to me, that also just like shows their experience. Like he had such a privileged experience. Like sure, he had to like pee in the woods, but like she literally was doing backbreaking labor. He was like teaching school children. Like it was yeah. not that different from his normal no. everyday life. And he's traumatized. Like like sure okay everybody has different levels of trauma but like the way he reacts when he gets back to the modern period is like he acts like it's her fault a little bit and then like he makes everything about himself where she's literally like at this point willing to risk death to get out of there and it's like their experience is nowhere near like not even remotely the same no not even close and that's what i'm saying like just it's it's a shock to the system mm-hmm. and i think that the fact that like this shock is happening right that she's in this she's in this place where she's like back home she even says about her bed she wakes up on something incredibly soft impossibly soft right mm-hmm. like it's a regular ass bed in 1976 it's not yeah. some tempurpedic luxury cadillac bed it's like a regular old spring mattress right mm-hmm. but like to her it's like paradise because she's been literally sleeping on margaret whalen's floor mm-hmm. for eight months right so you know she's going through all of these like tangible changes she now has scars on her wrist like her body has changed she has scars Mm -hmm. on her back like all that happened to kevin is he's got like this salt and pepper hair that's a little bit more salted and peppered than it was before and he's got you know some 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 deeper lines in his face or whatever right yeah and i feel like he has the option of allowing himself to be changed by it Mm -hmm. whereas she does not 
And I think that that's a larger statement on slavery in America, right? Like white people have the option to hear these slave narratives, read these slave Mm -hmm. narratives, read books like this, right? Which are like, you know, obviously like postmodern explorations of slavery um, Mm -hmm. and and, and a kind of like genre bending, if you will, Mm -hmm. right? Reimaginings. There's the opportunity to deal with and interact with and and, and be educated by these pieces of media or Mm -hmm. stay away. You don't have to be changed by these things. When mm-hmm. I read Frederick Douglass, you know, and, and his his autobiography, when I read, you know, like na- slave narratives um, or anything like that, like I'm changed by that. Like it mm-hmm. changes my day. It changes how I feel like you and I have had to schedule, reschedule this call because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a, a very uh, racially taxing experience on Twitch, right? Like that mm-hmm. really messed with me. And I knew that I needed to really show up for this book mm-hmm. and be whole in, you know, in my mind and in my heart to be able to come and talk to you about this. And I just was not in a right place. Like I was not in a good state of mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I can't choose to not be changed by racism. I can't choose to not be changed by the the, the disgusting history of our country. Right. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't like, you know, opt out, <laughs> you know, unsubscribe. Yeah. Um, no, I actually do don't want this newsletter, <laughs> letter, please. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'd rather just like be able to like, you know, drive past a police officer and not get scared. That seems like I'd want to do that instead. Like it's not mm-hmm. a choice. You Absolutely. know what I mean? It's a combination of my own experiences and what I've seen other people that look like me go through online, right? Or mm-hmm. in the news um, or even word of mouth through my family. Yeah. And I have cops in my family. So like, it's a double edged sword there for real. And scary. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like, this is like the ultimate testament to that. And like, I, th- and that's what I'm saying about Butler. She, she so deftly kind of inserts this. Mm-hmm. She like paints the inside of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna leave this here for you. <laughs> Just kind of like leaves you this little mural yeah. inside of like, a, it's like a geode. Mm-hmm. It's like a real cool rock, and then you crack it open, and you're like, "Oh snap! Look at this inside." Ooh. Yeah, you're like, "Oh wow, there's oh, so much boy. in here." <laughs> yeah, because like again, I mean, she's with him, and she loves him in spite of his like bullshit. And man, there's a lot of bullshit. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But I feel like that says more about her than it says about him, especially in this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then Kevin says he basically wants Dana to kill Rufus, but he like can't say the words. He's like. You should really wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, he's very, like... And then she's like, how do you expect me to do it if you can't even talk about it? And I was like, you go, girl. I mean, like, I'm glad that that's, like, the first time she is, like, able to, like, really check him on his bullshit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like... (laughs) Kill Rufus. Like, he's he's just, like, pushing her and pushing her. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, she's like, oh, let me explain to you, like, why I didn't make my move earlier. Because, like, we see this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we see her, like, think about killing him. Like, she, like, arms herself with the sleeping pills, almost tells him to take some. Like, Mm -hmm. there are moments where she she has him in a place where she could have exploited that weakness, right? She could have left Mm -hmm. him to die in the puddle. But she doesn't, right? And what what sucks is that she knows that he also knows Mm -hmm. that she's not going to kill him, right? But as time goes by, more moments present themselves. (laughs) And I think he recognizes that. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kevin is like, Kevin still sees him as a child, right? Yeah. And he, even though he knows he's a grown man now, like he still understands him as like having this very kind of like infantilized kind of mm-hmm. like thought process in mind, right? He doesn't recognize that he has turned into the man of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Dana is like, you have no idea who I'm dealing with. Yeah. Like you have no idea who I'm dealing with. And during this time, it's not even like she's explaining exactly 
what happened, right? Like mm-hmm. she hasn't talked to him about the time she spent with the overseer. She hasn't talked to him about, you know, the conversation she had with Alice and like their very mm-hmm. tenuous relationship. Clearly she hasn't talked to him about Sarah and Carrie. Yeah. Right. So like he doesn't have the the intellectual capacity to understand why she wouldn't have already killed Rufus. Like to mm-hmm. me, there's no question, especially because if you kill him while you're back there, who's to say you're actually going home? Yeah. You might just be stuck. That's what she's talking about too. Yeah. So like, it's just interesting how he like expects her mm-hmm. to lay herself on the line and mm-hmm. put herself out there to like save other people, but he can't even like be bothered to get to know the enslaved people that are helping take care of him while he lives there. Literally. Like he Like why is this her burden alone? I know. And it's like he cares about Dana and nobody else that lives there. Which is yeah. fine. Like I guess like it's your wife, you care about her first. Yeah, but I mean like you're not gonna tell me that your partner has never heard my name come out of your mouth. If you were like, yeah. oh, Candace and I were talking, he wouldn't be like, Candace, question mark? Yeah. And it's oh, like... the mute girl. I thought she was our word. Like, well, what? I know. And it's like, the other thing too is like, he does not care about the livelihoods of everybody else. Like, yeah. you know, it's like Ru- killing Rufus is something that like, you cannot do lightly because it's going to drastically affect every single other person that Absolutely. lives their life there and that's what dana's thinking about and he's like just like kill him and they can figure it out because he doesn't care about them yeah and like even like the little bits like he gives me like maximum like woke white guy vibes yeah <laughs> he's like oh you know they're not gonna um they're not just gonna like sell her by herself they're gonna sell her with her children no uh, talking about carrie oh well, they'd sell her with her children um and they they probably wouldn't bother to like sell her husband with her they would probably just try to like breed her with somebody else. It is breeding, you know, as though she like doesn't know that like white people at that time think of black people as little more than animals. Right. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's breeding. And she's like, that's exactly what you call mating two people against their will or two creatures against their will. Like, why are you reminding me of that? And why are you using that terminology? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that? Like, it's so impersonal. Like it's Mm -hmm. so, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, he's talking about animals and granted, yes. Like the people in that time period did feel that way, but he's in 1976 Mm -hmm. talking about breeding. Yeah. And like that moment, like I had ice in my veins, man. It was gross. I know. I just, the worst part too, is it's like, it felt like he was, it's like, okay. I don't know. It felt like when he was doing like the abolitionist movement, he was doing it because he felt like he had to, yeah. not because he actually cared about the people he was helping. Yes. He felt like this is wrong blanket statement. I've mm-hmm. got to fix it. Yeah. And I've got to do something while I'm here rather mm-hmm. than this is wrong. This is upsetting. This is sad. I need mm-hmm. to really help these people. I need to learn their stories. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what they're going through. Yeah. Like he has like no new education. And that just is, you know, I mean, I'm glad that Dana at least like, you know, she says like, you know, not not to try to like move ahead, but like she says like we had 15 days together, right? Yeah, that was my next note anyways. I was really hoping that she was going to be like in those 15 days. I had so, I learned so much about my partner and we had so much time to discuss our respective stories and, mm-hmm. you know, talk, whatever. No, they spend the entire time trying to readjust to the 20th century. Yeah. And like, I get it. Like nobody knows what the other knows. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's something that will probably link them forever and will probably, you know, cause her to like never ever leave him because nobody yeah. knows what she's been through like him. And that's something that she's going to keep kind of like ironed on her for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. 
but you know it's it's still it almost paints her into a corner a little bit more now because there's only one person that could understand her now like she's even more boxed into him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like the thing that bothers me too we're gonna hold on we'll get into it but mm-hmm. um next also in that 15 day period dana's cousin came the same cousin mm-hmm. that like co- discovered her bruises and everything yeah um and immediately noticed the changes in kevin's mm-hmm. and was like he looks sick yep he's not looking well and then also said that asked if he ever hit her again and she was like no yeah and like that's what's interesting too is like the the difference in the judgment right so like you've got his friend that sees dana she attempted her own life right she Mm -hmm. put her hands on herself and this guy is like she needs to go to therapy yeah like something is wrong with her this isn't okay she's Mm -hmm. fucked up right but then you've got like julie who's just like sometimes people get hit like she wants dana to leave kevin because she assumes that he's being abusive but she like doesn't put her foot down she's not like in her face about it she's not like oh i'm not coming over here ever again she's not rude to him she's not like getting involved in their business you know what i mean yeah so it's just so interesting that like she didn't hurt anybody else she only hurt herself but now she's stamped and he appears to have hurt dana and like so far it doesn't seem like there's really any ramifications there's no lasting damage there like julie even kind of seems concerned about whether or not he's all right like he seems mm-hmm. you know what i mean like talking about how he looks and whatever um i found that very interesting that like she has to face more scrutiny for doing something to herself yeah than he has to face for Beating supposedly you yeah. know doing something to her which obviously we know he didn't mm-hmm. but the understanding is still there for sure <clears throat> also Kevin's like convinced at this point that she's definitely not going back in time. Yep. And Dana's like, I don't trust it. Yep. Yep. You're being overly cautious. You don't have to drag that thing around with you for two weeks. So like, again, just more examples of how little this person has learned, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have children that get into like traumatic incidents, right? They had the experience trauma and they might have like a special blanket or a special teddy bear or, or a special drink that they mm-hmm. need to feel safe. Right. That also happens when adults feel, experience trauma. Mm-hmm. So this woman has experienced all kinds of trauma in a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. right? Because it's only been like, what, like not even a month, I think, that she's been going back and forth, back and yeah. forth, back and forth. It's just a long time in that land, right? Mm-hmm. And even then, it's still only a year, cumulatively, mm-hmm. that she's there between going back in time and coming home, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels far longer than that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like interesting to see that like he is so you know concerned with her bringing around a duffel bag which is like who cares if she's bringing a duffel bag some ladies purses are that big you know what Literally. I mean? like who cares if she has this duffel bag on her all the time if it makes her feel safe like why are you criticizing her mm-hmm. she still doesn't feel safe going places so it doesn't even matter like who cares you know what i mean like you need to just come back to life and forget all of this happened you know what i mean like that idea of and again, like I've gotten this from from people too, like people that have, you know, asked me to talk to them about race and then mm-hmm. they go, well, why can't you just forget about it? Why can't oh. you just move on? Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, every day when someone ultimately reminds me that I am a black person, um, that's me not forgetting about it, mm-hmm. right? Even if I wanted to forget about it, someone's still going to remind me. You don't have that happen to you because you're white. Nobody ever really makes you remember that you're white unless they're talking about their own non-white experience right Mm -hmm. for this person that was like talking to me about it i was like you know you don't really know what that's like 
But for me, I know what that's like multiple times a day, having somebody yeah. remind you that you're different, right? And again, this is a man who has experienced that change, should have had that change leave an indelible mark on his person. Mm-hmm. And he's like, obviously, you're not getting called back again. Just chill out. Why can't you just get back to life? Why is this still a big deal? Why are you bringing this up? Like, it's like that idea that like you're asking for trouble mm-hmm. or by taking a stand and and trying to be prepared for something you feel is going to inevitably happen, they need to just chill out. Like it would be like if a man saw somebody carrying pepper spray and was like, Hey, you don't need that. Like you're going to be fine. This is not a very like high crime area. Why do you feel like you need that? Like, why would you say that to somebody? If that's what I need to feel safe, just shut up and let me have it. You know what I mean? Like I saw that happen once. Like this girl was, showing i think it was i don't know she's showing like her uh like self-defense mm-hmm. uh she a company and like a guy was commenting on it and he said something like uh you, one women don't need that that's and then two he's like even if they did it's not like it would really stop anything and everyone's like read the room dude yeah right like <laughs> right. It, it was like in the same comment too and i was like oh my god duh sometimes with these dudes sometimes Mm -hmm. right i mean yeah literally (laughs) so she's like justifying herself to him they're having basically a full-on argument Mm -hmm. about whether or not she needs to put the fucking suitcase down yeah and then he says she must be eager to go back because she's keeping around and i was like at that point my jaw hit the floor that's i had i I had to I had to put the book down. I couldn't. I, I almost I stood up and walked out. <laughs> I literally, like, I do, a lot of the time when I see things that just, like, like jaw hit the floor. Yep. I pretend I'm on the office and I look directly into the camera. <laughs> and I, I do that so often. Yeah. That I do that to people in real life. I pretend someone is that person. <laughs> and people get really mad uncomfortable about it, but I can't seem to stop it. It's okay because I feel like Stanley Hudson is that person for me. Like he mm-hmm. just has like the most ridiculous, like the most ridiculous reactions to things. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's how I feel when someone says something crazy. I immediately feel like I give them the Stanley like face. Yeah. <laughs> like it was literally a moment where I looked up as if I was looking directly into a camera when I read that. And I was just like, are you serious right now? Like, that to me just really proves that he has no idea or understanding of what her experience is like. Listen, then he underscores it, right? Mm-hmm. By trying to bring up what Rufus said to her when he was holding her at gunpoint, right? The yeah. last time that he was there. He's talking about, oh, he said, you're not going to leave me. And she's like, okay, that's what he said. Yeah. And he's like, that's not right. She was like, I mean, it is right. That's exactly what he said. He's like, no, I mean, that's not right. Why would he say that to you? That's something I would say to you. And I'm like, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Are you he, sitting like, here with the book like, yeah. Yes, yeah. you see it now, do you? Literally. Do you see it, you and jerk? And then he basically is like, well, did you have sex with him? And she goes, do you mean was I raped by him? Listen, yeah. I, I really, you know what? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what, Rachel? Ooh. That ooh, ooh, hit ooh, me. Because ooh. it's like, oh, you think she would have a choice or that that would be consensual? Oh, my God. And that she would call it sex. Yeah. 
And he was like trying to like pry about this because he's like, I can't get it off my mind. And I'm and like, he like would he wouldn't even say it. That's what I'm saying. So this dude, right, wants to talk about freedom and talk about how he was an abolitionist for the five years he was in the past, right? Mm-hmm. But he owns his wife. Mm-hmm. You own your wife. Mm-hmm. You're gonna tell your wife, I can't even say it. It makes me sick to think of you with someone else. Literally. Like you can't even say it. What are you talking about? Could you imagine? Could you imagine being with someone who is like a victim of that, and they're gonna be like, "I can't, like, you're not pure anymore." Like, I, I would kill someone. He said that. I would forgive you. I know. She goes, "Forgive me for what?" Literally, if like, that had happened to you, I would have forgiven you. You forgiving me for so being raped? Mad. I was Listen. so mad. Oh my god, furious. Like I just, furious. I can't Still imagine. Mad thinking about that and like being like yeah but it's okay like it's one it's not okay because she had to live through this trauma and now you're bringing it up by being like oh you know i'd forgive you like you don't have to forgive her because it's not her fault it is not her fault you cannot sniff the camera baby and like i think it's interesting that she like she avoids that because she says Mm -hmm. you'd forgive me if i were raped Uh and he changes the subject and she allows him to like I know. Pivots and she allows it, right? Because this lady is so exhausted. I, know. I just, <laughs> this lady is like beyond tired. She's like, can this just be over already? Because I really hate you yeah. when you're like this. Literally. And like this whole experience has made you in a way that like I thought that you were above. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she goes on in the beginning about how he's like above it all and how his sister's really terrible. And she, he still married her in mm-hmm. spite of his sister's feelings. And he like lost his family and how he like had these sacrifices that he did just for her. But at the same time, I think we know that it's not really that much of a sacrifice. Yeah. Like it's not that much of a sacrifice. His sister sounds terrible. It sounds Literally. like he would have nixed her from his life anyway. You know what I mean? I know. I just, oh my God. I was yeah. so mad. I was yeah. so mad while I was reading this part yeah i i like and then she tries to explain like how she's never going to be like tess how she's mm-hmm. like not going to be this person and how like you know um mm-hmm. when she when tess was sold it was like a really big deal and mm-hmm. he like can't even understand what she's talking about with tess because he doesn't know that tess was used by tom whalen yeah like where then, was he, he for also, five years literally it's where like, was wasn't he wasn't paying attention to anybody also he accuses dana of lying about that entire situation he's yep. like i don't think i believe you i'd forgive you and i'm like dude yeah. like, no i totally love going and having sex let's say he didn't rape her right yeah. let's say he didn't rape her and this is what i'm talking about about some fucking man logic right mm-hmm. if let's say he doesn't rape her Mm-hmm. can i ask you what what number of women do you think in this world are trying to fucking geese lane maxwell the situation where they're like it's fine that you rape everyone else just don't rape me and i'll still yeah. sleep with you what no what? no no one would what? do that let me find out someone i love is a rapist they will never see my face again they'll they never would see, see me again the cops they could have it. never touched me mm-hmm. ever put a hand on me they're still gonna meet the inside of a cell okay yeah like, that's just the way it's going like that's it that's just the way it's going mm-hmm. man that's it right and he's like well you know maybe he's not all bad maybe there is something that you can do that'll make you kill him never mind that she's already explained that she didn't kill him because she didn't want people to get split up and for these families to fucking get messed with yeah like in one ear and out the other like he's not even listening to the argument i know i really think he just wants her to stop going back in time and he doesn't actually care about what she's going through listen please stop going back in time to a place where like you're literally on the menu for anybody walking down the street like please stop going back there 
could you try and yeah. she's like she's, she's like yeah i'd love to <laughs> like this is a, a joy that i have is going back to the antebellum south where i have no rights i actually really love this thank you like i don't <laughs> i don't and then she tells him i'm not somebody's property i'm not there for someone to order me around like i don't understand like mm-hmm. you know like i like rufus has to accept the limits of our relationship just like i have to accept the limits of my relationship with rufus mm-hmm. and you know he has to make my life look better than just like living or dying if i do go back there like that's yeah. her plan right now rufus knows that she's not above taking her own life like mm-hmm. he knows that she's not above like something extreme and he doesn't want to be left alone like he doesn't you know what i mean like even mm-hmm. just just his relationship with his with with alice depends upon dana's like you know, being there to kind of like facilitate that and smooth that and like be, you know, Alice's outcry witness, mm-hmm. basically, and also be there to kind of caution Rufus to be nice to her. Mm-hmm. Like there's a delicate balance that she maintains on that plantation when she goes back in time, right? Like she's yeah. there to do something and her husband does not understand that. He does not see that. And then he like gets snarky and is like, you know, um, you know, it living needs to be better than killing and dying. If your black ancestors had felt that way, you wouldn't be here because they because he knows they would have killed themselves. Yeah, they would have killed themselves if they weren't like, you know what? There has to be more than life than this. I have to hang on for my children. Maybe Mm -hmm. we can make something happen. Maybe there's hope. Right. Hope Mm -hmm. and resilience are two things that I absolutely love about my culture. Right. Mm -hmm. Like every single day we have to wake up with an extra three thousand pounds of baggage Mm -hmm. and like live our lives like regular normal people who don't have as much baggage. Right. Like every single day I could be having a really amazing day. Mm-hmm. and still get passive for a promotion where my white counterpart or my white appearing counterpart gets promoted right and then i just sit there with that for the rest of my day mm-hmm. and i have to think about it and it's more than oh i didn't do the work to get promoted it's i've done everything that i could possibly do and i still haven't gotten it right mm-hmm. what could be the reason mm-hmm. and then the reason gets filled when you take a look at everybody else that got the promotion right so yeah. like that's not something I want to think about. It's something that happens to me, right? Mm-hmm. I have to kind of just deal with that. And there's a lot of just dealing with that black people do in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you really get credit for. No one is ever like, oh, you know, good on you for, you know, still being this good at whatever it is you're trying to do, right? I look at Oprah. Oprah is somebody that I think like everybody kind of takes for granted, like how rich and famous she is because she's like a mogul. She's a huge conglomerate. Mm -hmm. She's a huge name. Like she's affected millions, if not billions of people's lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she's huge. Right. I don't think anyone's ever going to come as close to her as far as like what she's done in her lifetime. Mm -hmm. But again, like that's without recognizing the fact that she is a multiple time sexual assault survivor that she didn't have a traditional family, mm-hmm. that she literally came from the ground up. Who knows what she had to do to succeed? Yeah. Who knows the moments that like Oprah dreams about when she has nightmares and like, oh my God, that was a really horrible time in my life. Like, we don't know that. We don't, we're not privy to that. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really share it. You know what I mean? So like, there's always like the other shoe, I think, for people. And Kevin is just talking to her like there's no other shoe. Like the choice is clear. Like it's black and white, even though he himself has already been negatively affected by the randomness Mm -hmm. of this entire process. And like that takes some like real special privilege to be able to do. You have experienced this other person's pain and trauma and anguish. Mm -hmm. And even though that person is someone that you say that you are in love with, it has still not changed you enough Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to just go, what do you need? Like he's saying so much. Why yep. does this man have so much to say to her? Like, why does he have so much know. to say? I don't know. I mean, my partner is white. If he came home, right, from being in the past, or like I have a friend that's Jewish. If she came home from being in the past and they made her go back to the Holocaust or the pogroms, mm-hmm. right, in Russia or whatever. If, 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 if that's what happened to my partner, mm-hmm. I'd be like, time out. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? Because yeah. that's a living nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. How can I fix this? I know I can't do anything about it. It doesn't seem like you can control it. What can I do? Yeah. What do you like, need? It's just, you know? it's just nuts that this dude is like, I need you to answer my questions so that I can feel better. Literally. In these 15 days that we may or may not have together. My like, favorite thing, though, is the middle of this fight, she gets sent back. Like, it was even the universe is like, all right, Kevin, time like, out. I can't. I can't, especially because you know it's a long-term fight. Like she's she's there for 15 days, mm-hmm. and we get what? Let's see. I'm gonna look in the book so I'm precise. Mm-hmm. Six pages. Yeah. <laughs> we get six pages mm-hmm. before she gets sent back. Mm-hmm. Right? Six pages. Maybe, maybe ten. Okay? Maybe, maybe ten. Between six and ten pages mm-hmm. is what you get before she is sent back in time. They're trying to have a party. She apparently acquiesces to allowing people at her house that are people that she does not know very well. Yeah. Thankfully, it happens after they leave. And it's the 4th of July. So she's just like trying to chill and enjoy America's independence. And it's like nothing says independence like slavery. And then he gets like mad at her because she doesn't want to go to like, what was it? Like a football game or something? Oh, no. So it was a football stadium to go watch fireworks. Yeah. Can you imagine? She would have been in the car if she had listened to that idiot. Yeah. She would have been driving at like 50 miles an hour yeah, on a California freeway to get to a stadium when she flashed back in time. Literally. And it's like, what? And he has no idea because she doesn't always end up in the same exact spot. Right. Like, she could have gotten hit by a car. She could have died. Yeah. She could have wound up on the freeway. Yeah. When she came back. But that's what I'm saying. It's just a general lack of care. Like, he puts himself first all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. It's his friends that are coming over, not people that are going to make her feel safe and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and even then, like, he's complaining as she disappears into the past. We can't stay cooped up in this house any longer. And Dana's like, goodbye. I Listen, <laughs> if that happened to my partner, I'd be like, we're ordering Uber Eats. Like, I'm going to get the yep. premium subscription at this point. That's right. Like, I guess I'll Instacart it. Like, I, (laughs) we're not, we're going to hunker down and we'll figure out what's going on. 1976, call the little neighbor boy from across the street and have him go to the convenience store. Even that is a possible solution to this problem. Like, this guy is just reckless. I know. And even then, she barely gets to her bag. Yeah. She barely gets to her bag. And like, foreshadowing, that's going to be important. (laughs) Like, that she, thankfully, has her bag. Literally. just gonna put that there because I, I i put a little like piece of paper mm-hmm. when i read that she almost didn't get her bag i was like that might be important so i put a little piece of whenever there's like something that i'm like is that gonna come back up i yeah. put a little piece of paper and then i keep reading so that i can go back and be like aha yeah so that was one of those moments for me i know i was like i was really nervous about that and then like also i was just kind of thinking about like while this was happening about how everyone always says like i need a go bag in case like of natural disasters mm-hmm. and it's like i've lived like 23 years on this world and i've always been like ah no but like i'm reading this and i'm like maybe i should or like yeah. did you see recently how people got stuck on that highway for like 24 hours yeah yeah 
this lady's yeah. talking about how she always has a go bag in her car of things and i'm like i was originally i was like no that's stupid and now i'm like ooh, not gonna lie have thought about it yeah i think i'm gonna do it yeah i don't know this book is like really raising a lot of alarms for me yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> especially because it's so old right yeah. like it's it's old so we're reading this book about like a modern woman in 1976 mm-hmm. right and we've already like come leaps and bounds just like by the time we were born and on this earth we had already come leaps and bounds from there, right? Let alone now that we are both adult women. Yeah. Um, so like we're reading this as modern women and this lady wrote it as a modern woman about okay. a modern woman even before this was published, right? So it's like these layers of of, of, of history, right? That we're mm-hmm. getting, even though this is supposed to be a modern account. Um, and like it, it is shocking how little has changed. Like mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I think that this book has made me feel because again, I read this book in college. That was, I mean, literally 20 years ago. <laughs> I read this book 20 years ago mm-hmm. and I have a very similar understanding, if not a better one, because I'm older now. Right. Like I think that I was more, I think I was much softer mm-hmm. with Kevin when I was 20 reading this book. I was very like, oh, well, you know, extenuating circumstances and he doesn't know and he's new to all this and maybe they didn't teach him right. But now I'm an adult and I'm like, he's got books all over his goddamn house. He's a writer. There is no excuse for this. I There's guess no I excuse just, for this trash. I, I feel like I didn't ever like as an adult, I didn't go through that period where I was like accepting of people's lack of knowledge anymore. I, I think that that is the time, though. I yeah. think it's a product of the time, right? Like you're 20 years old. You meet me. I'm obviously a lot. <laughs> and then you have like a horrible, ex- like racist experience, like in your, in your group, even mm-hmm. though you're not, ex- you're not the one experiencing the racism, you're experiencing it. Like, because somebody else like put it out there. Yeah. And like, now you have to be like, your choice was taken away from you to like, not be affected by that. Mm-hmm. And like that changes somebody. There are a lot of people out there who like, they don't, I mean, even other like, you know, people of color, like mm-hmm. their experiences with racism were, were very basic. Like I have a friend who is, um, who is Indian, right? Mm-hmm. She is of Indian descent, South Asian. And um, she remembered growing up, people would like say terrible things about her. She looked like E.T. because like her skin was brown and she was small or whatever. They'd say like shitty things, right? Yeah. And shitty things, they suck and they can make you feel away. But then when you grow up, like the insults get deeper, right? Mm-hmm. The stereotypes get more complex. Then there's like all these other like elements to it that you're like, wait a minute, what? Right? So, you know, I think that <clears throat> for you, you're growing up with TikTok. You're growing up with the internet. You're growing up with YouTube. You're growing up with like the ability to get firsthand accounts mm-hmm. from people of color in real time saying, this is what happened to me today. It sucks, right? Yeah. When I experienced racism, if you and I talk that day, I'm like, hey, so this happened to me today and it was terrible. And you experience that with me and you get your head around it. Mm-hmm. I think for some people, like I remember having a huge conversation with my roommate in college. She's Cuban, but looks white. Mm-hmm. And she's been raised in Miami. She was raised in Miami her whole life. She hadn't really left Miami ever and she was like I don't think racism is a big deal and I was like well first of all you have privilege and she's like well I'm not white I'm Cuban and I'm like I get that yeah but if you went to a white city people would think that you were white Mm -hmm. oh no definitely not I look Hispanic so fast forward three years she goes away to try to interview for the Peace Corps in Atlanta Georgia she landed on the plane got off the plane walked outside took a bus to like the corner you know by where she was looking uh, for this place to have her interview. Mm-hmm. And while there, she asked someone for like the time of day, like a black man for the time of day. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, I think she, she, her cell phone was like in her bag, something. And um, a white man in a gigantic Confederate flag shirt told her not to ask that N-word anything. It's not safe for sweet young white girls around these parts. And like, I got a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> she like put all her stuff down, searched for her phone in her bag. Yeah. And was like, I don't think I'm safe here. I think I'm scared. And I was like, you have every right to be scared mm-hmm. right now. Proceed with caution. Yeah. Only talk to people of color because you don't know if the white people are safe. Yeah. If they find out that you are not a white person, she's like, that's the thing I'm scared of the most. If they think I'm white and they're te- they're saying racist things to me because they think I'm white, what happens if they detect an accent? What mm-hmm. happens if they look a little too closely at like my hair color? Because mm-hmm. she had like ginger hair, but it was like, it was thicker, yeah. you know, like not like silky, like white hair. It was like thicker hair. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's like, what happens if somebody like notices that I'm a little different? So then all of a sudden she was paranoid. She was like, what do I do? Like, I've never been in this situation before. So I think for a lot of people, until they experience it, it's hard for them to like recognize it. But someone like you, who's kind of grown up, mm-hmm. you know, seeking that yourself, right? Seeking yeah. the the testimony of other people and, and talking to people about their experiences. You're, you've never experienced that. Oh, I don't believe that that's right. Are you sure it was racism? Like you've, yeah. never, you've never had a moment like that to have. And I think that that's mm-hmm. awesome because- Kevin Franklin is exactly why it is important that you learn from other people's experiences and not just your own. Like it's his wife mm-hmm. and he still doesn't get it. Yeah. See, like I remember in high school thinking it was like mostly just like shitty small towns. And then right. like, I was like, you know, there's still racism, but it's just like the garbage holes of the United States. And then right. I was like, I went to college and I'm like, Oh no, it is everywhere. It's everywhere. I was like, yeah. I thought, you know, maybe it's just like the trash areas, you know, like yeah, places no. nobody wants to go anyways. Like, no, nope. all white towns. No one wants to go there. Well, I mean, it's almost like, uh, and not to name the book, but like, it's almost mm-hmm. like the darkness in someone's heart, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've I've been in situations before where somebody that I thought was my friend has called someone else the N word in front of me. Like they like they forget that that you're black uh, because you're their friend and you're different, right? You're not one of them. Uh, you're you. Like that has happened to me, uh, and that is horrible because then you have to have a conversation about, well, I'm black, you know, and they're like, yeah, but not like that. You're a good driver, not like that. You're not lazy, not like that. Uh, you don't eat watermelon, not like that. Like you know what I mean? Um, and that gives you your own complex because then you're like, okay, so now a white person is judging how black I am based mm-hmm. on stereotypes that they think are absolutely true or they wouldn't be using them to categorize me differently. Right. So like then, then now you know too much about your friend in a bad way. And you think about all the times that maybe they've said things that were a little strange and you excuse yeah. it because they couldn't possibly be racist. They're your best friend. Um, <laughs> thankfully it was long ago, but like that was a weird ass day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a weird day. And I feel like that's kind of what Dana is going through. But because it's 1976 and because like the Black Panther movement is still happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're still fresh off civil rights. Like, you know, Monday is, is Martin Luther King Day, you know, mm-hmm. as of this recording. And, you know, he had only been dead. I mean, not even a decade yet in 1976, I don't think. Um, so, you know, like. He died in 68. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, you've got you've got a lot that's still happening. And like, yeah, that stuff's behind them. Mm-hmm. I'd say that in quotation marks. A lot has been behind them because Jim Crow is technically over in most places. But like mm-hmm. some places in the north, like Dayton, Ohio, 
Dayton, Ohio resisted segregation until the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it's not even like it's just in the South or it's just in small cities. And, you know, it can be very complex finding that out as a black person, but it can be even more complex finding that out as a white person. Like I've had plenty of my friends, especially since, you know, George Floyd was murdered, write me notes on Facebook like, hey, man, so remember that time I told you that that what you experienced wasn't real? I'm pretty sure that that was actually really racist. And I should have listened to you because Mm -hmm. you definitely experienced racism. And I told you that you were being too sensitive. And that was a really fucked up thing to say. Like, I can't tell you the last the last two, three years, I've had so many people just be like, so I'm reassessing my entire life. Yeah. And I am leafing through every receipt that I can find. Mm-hmm. And I have fucked up. You know what I mean? And like that means something to me. But yeah. then there's people like Kevin Franklin that are just like, well, why can't you just move on? I know. Like it's like it's not going to happen again if I forget about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what totally I mean? not. Like, <laughs> How could it? Right. <laughs> Isn't it better to be prepared? Yeah. I, I just. I hate Kevin so much. He's terrible. Like, he's the worst. And, like, in the afterward, right, in the little essay at the end, Mm -hmm. like, we can talk about that later if you want to. But, Mm -hmm. like, there's a little note from Octavia Butler, right? Mm -hmm. She purposely makes Kevin that way because she recognized that that's a real – so, basically, Dana – it's it, it, Kevin's ignorance and his mm-hmm. presence in the story is there to just throw a, a bigger wrench into her plans, right? Mm-hmm. To show how like your everyday life can also kind of impact mm-hmm. how you deal with and how you heal from the past mm-hmm. and how it very much colors how you feel, right? So the role of Kevin in this book is designed to be like another, you know, obstacle for Dana, mm-hmm. which he unquestionably is because now not only is she questioning what's happening to her, why it's happening to her, how it's happening to her, Mm -hmm. what she can do to stop it or what she can do to change it, right? All of that is like a monstrous sized plate, right? Mm -hmm. That's a monstrous sized plate for one person to handle mentally. And now on top of that, you also have to think, what does my husband think of me? How Mm -hmm. is he feeling? What does he expect of me? How does he, how does he, you know, want me to be Mm -hmm. versus how am I feeling naturally because I'm still processing this trauma. 15 days is not long enough to process having tried to kill yourself yeah, under normal circumstances, let alone circumstances where you are being mystically traveled back in time to fucking the antebellum South. You know what I mean? I know. Like on a good day, which obviously no day where you try to kill yourself is a good day. Yeah. Like on a normal, regular day, Mm -hmm. you give that person more than 15 days to heal. Yeah. And you don't say, what the hell were you thinking? Like, that's not what you do, man. Like literally. He just doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care. And, like, I have such a problem with the fact that he just doesn't care. He just wants to move on. Like, this isn't going to affect him later. Like, in a hundred years, he's just going to be like, shrug, it happened one time. Like, he, like he's not like he's not even still living it. Like, yeah. the things that are frustrating him are, like, mechanical. Oh, I don't know how to drive my car. I don't know where the spoons are. He's not, like, waking up in a cold sweat because he watched a woman get beaten to death. I know. And he's like, I saw someone, like, I think he's like, I saw someone get, like, birth, give birth once. Yeah, like, well, they were strung up by their wrists and being beaten until they had the baby. Like, yeah, that's and traumatizing. He's fine after that, but like, also, imagine your wife who has to live with the idea that that could have been her. Yeah, like, how do you, how do you not? It makes me wonder how he sees Dana mm-hmm. that he doesn't think that could have been my wife. Literally, like, yeah, it's traumatizing to see that, but imagine how much more traumatizing it is to know that like that could have been you, like. It's like watching a movie or knowing that you 
could have been in the movie. Like this movie yeah. could have been about you. Yeah. And that's a very different sentiment. And that's what I'm saying about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like Dana goes back in time with this bad taste in her mouth about her man, which like is probably the absolute worst way, but he's not thinking about how she sees him. He's only thinking about how he sees her. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is beyond a mistake, like beyond a mistake on his part to not like slow his role for a second and like really try to just be there for her because he gives her like no reason to come back. Like I would say that the end of this book is 110% her running on her own steam and finally just Mm -hmm. giving a fuck about herself and her people for once. Yep. And it takes so much time for that resilience to happen Mm -hmm. because she's so busy dealing with his bullshit. I know. All I was thinking about right now, though, is like the amount of times I in this episode alone, I've said I fucking hate Kevin. What do my upstairs neighbors think of me? Who do they think Kevin is? Hopefully none of them are named Kevin. I know. I, I'm like, I'm just thinking about it because I can hear them moving around up there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, they must be like, wow, I don't know who Kevin is or what he did. Do you have him duct taped in your bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the barely bookish podcast if you want to find me i'm at barely bookish on everything and if you want to find candace uh, they are at Candice the Magnificent on also pretty much everything. They're on Twitch, they're on Instagram, they're on YouTube. They do a lot of cool uh, ice cream review things, so please go check out Candice. Um, also, big shout out to Nova, our newest Patreon member. If you want to join the Patreon, please consider going to patreon.com slash baileybookish. You get access to um, exclusive bonus episodes, so that's every single month you get a new episode. Uh, just over on Patreon, and then you get early access to every other episode, so you get them on Monday instead of two, er, instead of Wednesday, which is a whole lot of fun. Um, it is Camp Nana Rightmo, so if you want to see me writing and doing all that kind of fun stuff, I am on twitch.tv slash bookish. I got a whole a lot of writing content I'm working on, so coming out with me, we're gonna write and we're gonna make these books happen, okay? We're gonna make them happen. But I will catch you guys next week with even more Kindred. Um, I'm guessing it'll probably be about two episodes left. Um, And then we are going to do Peter Pan, the original Peter Pan. So that's going to be pretty exciting. And I'm very hyped to talk about that. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you want to read Peter Pan in prep, please do. It's not very long. so Uh, Or maybe watch the Disney movie. We'll talk about the Disney movie a little bit throughout the episodes. But I will catch you guys next week. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. I'll catch you guys later. Bye!